0: This is our plan of attack.
1: Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this
2: justice.
3: Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio. FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the Internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution. Revolution Radio!
4: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stargate to the Cosmos. And I'm your host, Janet Kierlissen, with my co host, Dr. Sasha Alex And I'm not sure if Kevin Estrella is here with us today. Maybe not, maybe so. And we have with us today as our special guest, well, first of all, we have producer Thomas Becker. And he's also known as an ad cleaner, and he works hard to get everybody in on the back end. And we have today with us Kenny Bradley, James Rink, and Joel Lakey, also known as General Hendricks. And these are people involved in the secret space program and MK Ultra, My lab Super Soldiers experimentation. Before I bring on our guests and do a sound check, I know that. Uh, <laughs> That painter is still doing his job Getting people on board here Dr. Sasha, let's begin with you Sound check and how are you today's sweetheart
0: Oh, I'm right really good Indeed I am
4: Yeah uh, I'm just getting the show page up and, uh, I've had a crazy busy day But for all those who want to know more On each of these uh, speakers uh, These people are going to speak At the 2018 Stargate Cosmos Expo October 25th to 28th uh, at the Ramada Midtown Albuquerque Gotta make sure you hit the Midtown apparently there's three Ramadas in Albuquerque and uh, we're going to talk to them about what they're going to speak about at the conference and talk about their stories and we're going to do a roundtable here so anything else you want to say Heidi? Um, Hello? This
0: is just a hello? Hello? Yes, yeah, speak up, honey. Okay. Um, this is going to be a good show. Be sure to listen to every word of it. Um, what we want, we want you to know that there are some really traumatic things that have happened to people, really traumatic things, and uh, it's still going on, and that underneath um, all of this is our motive of uh, making it better and stopping some really terrible things that you're going to hear about.
4: Okay, so um, I guess we'll go boy-girl, boy-girl, best we can. Penny Bradley, are you with us today?
5: Yeah, I'm here.
4: Um, Good. Uh Uh-oh.
5: We we have...
4: Oh, there's some feedback. Well, let me see. Yeah, maybe turn your mic down just a hair. I'll turn mine down a hair. Is that... A mad? There! That sounds great. Yes, okay, go ahead.
5: I plugged in the headphones instead of using the speaker. Um, We have a fire about 40 miles from me and the smoke is really thick part of the time and when it's really bad, I lose my voice. So, if I suddenly
4: can't talk, that's why. Wow. And what part of the world are you in? I know there's wildfires in California again. I'm
5: Near Yosemite, and I'm about 40 miles from the Ferguson Fire.
4: Oh, wow. Well, sorry to hear that's going on again. Another summer route, so...
5: Well, it's been going on for several weeks. It has no sign of going away. It's still only
4: about 30% contained. Wow. Interesting. Well, okay, now... Uh, we're going to go just do a sound check here. Somebody's breathing into the mic. I don't know who that is. Uh, let's see. Let's go to James. James. Oh. Are you with us?
1: Yeah, I think you just muted my mic. Oh, there, uh,
4: no, I, there you go. I didn't mute anything. I don't have control okay, of anything. Great.
1: Okay, Okay. Hello, everybody. Yeah, I'm James Rink. Uh, I've been used for various super soldier missions and projects and um i'm going to share some of my experiences today uh, i'm not quite sure what the agenda is but um i'm sure we can figure it out as soon as we get going here uh with this roundtable discussion so i'm um, i'm just as curious as just listening to are. uh what, what's going yeah. to happen today
4: what well, we're going to say today yeah so um we'll see what happens it's an adventure we're on an adventure so let me bring in our last roundtable person uh general Hendricks. Joel Lakey, are you with us? Is that you on the phone there? (laughs) Yes, I am. Okay, are you outside?
2: No, I'm inside.
4: Okay, anyway, uh, there's a little bit of wind coming through. Oh, that might be mine. Okay, let me turn my fan off. There we go, that might help. (laughs) Oh, it's me! Okay, so just uh, tell everybody Just a little bit about yourself And then we're going to go What we're going to do today After Joel checks in Is we're going to go and ask each other questions uh, We've been All of you have been on panels before On the Aquarian Radio Network And Revolution Radio So we're just going to be the veterans we are And start sharing And asking each other questions So well, let's get your check in uh, Joel just a, a little brief thing about who you are.
2: Um, I, My Canadian name is Joel Lakey. Uh, my secret space program name was General Hendricks in the Dark Fleet. Uh, my home world name is Jakarta. Um, I was in the Dark Fleet uh, for 20 years, uh, serving the White Reptilian Royals as their general. I... Um, I've done many battles and many ring or avatar um, battles with my different av- avatars I use. Uh, I travel the multiverse when I sleep. I can also project myself. I can visit past life and memories, past, present, future. Uh, currently, I am working in the Dark Fleet as uh, part-time uh, as a super soldier, as a general. I'm mostly doing training schools and academies for the other super soldiers coming up. Um, Pretty much basic stuff like that. If you have any more questions, you can ask me.
4: Okay, so that's a good foundation. Um, a A good question came to mind for myself and the listeners, and maybe one of the three of you could explain. What are the different programs? You're in dark Lead. Penny, you're really good at that. Would you explain the various programs and, and then we'll start the, the round table? Are you there, Penny, or do you want James to do it?
5: Hello? I had my mic off. <laughs> okay. uh, we have two mercenary companies that are in competition with each other. And they purchase an altar and a tissue sample. And they, they build you a clone and just pop you into it. And they use you for the duration. And when the clone is killed, you come back, that altar comes back to the natural body. So they have a vested interest in keeping you alive. Now those two companies are called Kruger and Monarch, and the people in them are programmed to hate each other with a passion. Um, I have one altar in each of them, so I have issues. (laughs) Um, I used to have two altars in Kruger, but one of them was recently purchased by Nachtwaffen, which is what the Germans call the German fleet. Um, The German fleet is the original one out in space, and it was started by the Germans who escaped the end of World War II down to Antarctica. And they have various programs. They're allied with the Draco, which is how Joel ended up in their super soldier program. Um, They have two branches that I know of. One is Nachtwaffen, which is the regular force, the fleet. And the the officers are involved in Schwarzesonne, which is the SS, and it's like a mystery school version of it. And I'd say 80% or more of the, of the officers are SS. You're really not trusted unless you are. And that involves drinking black goo. Um, as part of a Relief ceremony But black goo makes you It tr- Doubles or even triples Your IQ at the expense Of your Compassion and Basically your humanity um, It does It does Make you a lot Smarter and you make fewer Mistakes and It, in my opinion it's not worth it um, mm-hmm. having been on both sides of it in different altars it's I don't believe it to be worth it um, but it's still what's being what is black
4: goop? is it is it uh, alien is a, technology or aliens or. <laughs>
5: it's it's a predatory sentient AI that escaped its owners and turned on them and killed them and now it is it was originally programmed to eliminate hybrids in their genome they they were being invaded by an by an et them race in the form of hybrids, and so they set up this get black goo to get rid of hybrids. Well, the problem is, ultimately, everybody's a hybrid, and they didn't set up programming well enough. And so what, it's, what it thinks it's doing is finding pure lyrans and killing everybody else. And um, it, it's one of those things it's very difficult to put the genie back in the bottle but um, it is what it is and it's out there and people need to know about it Um, there are a lot of people on earth who are influenced by it the main difference between the Kruger and Monarch mercenary programs is that the Monarch agents have been injected with black goo and the Kruger ones have not So, um, that's something to keep in mind. Um, so, um, what else do we have out there? We have, um, Solar Warden, which is the American Navy program, and it's been out there since about 1960. And, um... They are allied with the Tall Whites, which is a form of Anunnaki, and they are allied with the Zetas, which is a form of prey, and they are allied with... Uh, they call them Tall grays. but I don't consider them a very friendly groups. They're, they're the ones that tend to abduct people, and they don't come back. Um, people think that because they're Americans, that the um, Solar Warden is a kinder, gentler force and inherently more righteous. And that's not true. They have the, they have the, second version is harder to be nasty. So they're actually no better than, than, the German states, um, but they kind of perform this, the function of solar system traffic cops. They're noted; um. they're noted particularly for stopping all the ETs come in and rousting them, and taking prisoners and doing um, the deception of. Them.
4: So, no. all right. Well, let me let me just pause you right there, and um, we'll have James come in. And oh, I guess also Kevin just came in. Hi, Kevin. Are you with us?
6: Yes, I am. Yes.
4: Hi. How are you doing there? I'm doing awesome. How's your doing day good. going? Good. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Kevin, where are you? Tell our listeners where you're from.
6: Oh, where am I from?
4: Yeah, you're calling in your your co host and tell them <laughs> just two minutes about yourself. Yeah. If oh, you're yeah, coming no. in, we already started. So just, uh, yeah, come in. Oh,
6: and, yes. It's, uh, say Kevin. hi. And... Yeah, Kevin from uh, from Pyramids on Mars, the Pyramids on Mars UFO uh, radio, and Pyramids on Mars, my band. So <laughs> you're right here. Wonderful on <laughs> Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.
4: <laughs> all right. That's all. So just doing a sound check. Yeah, Kevin and This whole gang we're all going to be at the 2018 Stargate to the Cosmos Conference Expo in October. So we're going to talk about that more but right now We're in the middle of a roundtable. Let's hear from James What would you like to add about the different programs and what program were you in what programs?
1: I, are you in? Yeah, yeah hi Okay, so uh I was used in many different programs. Uh, In particular, they used different, like, the clone aspects, and then uh, you got the avatars. Um, So just going through the list here, I was at Montauk. Uh, There they referred to me as Alien Boy uh, because um, I was known to um, speak in Andromedan, and I would call down my Andromedan family to uh, rescue us, and the, the Dracos there did not like that very much. Eventually, they left us alone, and then the NSA sent a team there to rescue us and erase our memories. And we, that, that, that all took place outside of time. So um, that was mirroring along my, my regular childhood where I, I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so another program I was involved with was Shoreline. And Shoreline is another one of these military contractors, and they're responsible for base security at Area 51. And there I am, a super soldier. And I'll go by the name of Agent Sabertooth. Um, Kruger is a Nazi uh, um, military contractor that's from another parallel reality in which the Nazis won World War II. And uh, they are the more positive of the factions because Hitler um, was actually cloned by Monarch. They sent – Monarch sent Hitler back in time. A clone of hitler to kill the original and that's why the nazis in this timeline became so demented uh so um in the other timeline um hitler actually killed the head of uh, monarch solutions uh, paul serene and took care of that problem and and they released all the the suppressed technologies so in this timeline after the nazis won world war ii they went off and created the dark fleet and made uh, gr- agreements with the draco and in that and i've actually done a little bit of work with them I was a child navigator and I also was um, indoctrinated into a Nazi my lab base where they were uh, training us to be super soldiers. Now I say us the some they would actually they would look for people with certain types of uh, reptilian and Draco DNA or super soldier <laughs> uh, DNA and then they would uh, shapeshift them into Draco and use them on various missions. Um,
2: that happened I, to me a lot too. What's that? That happened to me lots. The reason why I served in the Dark Fleet uh, was because in my past life, I used to be uh, reptilian royals with them. And my, most of my family and incarnations are on reptilian and homeworlds. And my DNA is reptilian. That's why I was selected to go with Dark Fleet and serve with them because most of the Reptiles actually knew me and knew my family. So,
1: Yeah, the same thing with me. I was a, like a hybrid between a, a gila monster and some kind of dragon. And, um, mm-hmm. when I visited planet earth, I was fascinated by human emotions and I wanted to experience it. But then once I got <laughs> stuck here, I, 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 got a little, um, I can't, I, it's hard for me to deal with emotions, but I think after being here yeah, for yeah. a couple hundred thousand years, I've, I've managed to handle it just like everybody else. Yeah.
2: In, in my, in my Draco bodies that I was in, or my reptilian bodies. I had no emotion. Uh, there's no emotion except for like dominance and, and, and like, um, Aggression, or whatever you want to call it, but when you enter into a human body, the range of emotions is very hard to control, and you really have to use your inner light to control your emotions in this body. So, right, okay,
1: so, um, and as and I also did some work in Monarch. Well, it's more like they took a clone of me, and because, um, I tell you what, if Monarch got a hold of me, I would not do any work for them unless they seriously brainwashed me, and even then, I would probably be rebelling. Actually, I would. I was part of Project Abandon where uh, they – I was one of the few super soldiers that they, they would try to create this total mind-control slave, and they would send me off a missions and expect me to do all that. Uh, and we can go more into that later on, but uh, I was not yeah, I the fulfilling the missions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bro, Even yeah. under I the AI. That. So that they put me into yeah, Project yeah. Abandonment because they, they, they viewed me as a defunct super soldier, and they were waiting to find ways to recuperate me to be – totally
2: yep, mind controlled yep, and it yep. never happened I, I, I can relate on that too. <laughs> okay. when we were first made in our super soldier bodies we a lot of us would rebel logs would escape from training camps and they would eventually hunt us down and kill our clone bodies and then take our souls and put it back in new bodies and then they would try to reprogram us but I was a very uh, hard person to control every time they tried to brainwash me I'd always lead a rebellion I'd always do go on mission work, and one of this is when I first started out, and I would uh, um, just rebel against them, and I would take down my leaders and stuff like that. But then I was transferred to the Dark Fleet because I I, I respect the Royal the reptilians, and I work directly with them. So
4: um, okay. I wanna great. I'm going to pass the talking stick back to um, Kevin and Sasha because we haven't heard their voices. To begin the roundtable discussion, um, Sasha or Kevin, which one do you want to go first to ask a question?
0: Uh, about? Okay, I don't. I don't mind asking a question first, but I just uh, would. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting to think of us all as having some. Uh, most of us, say as having some reptilian. And the, uh, in the great Draco, uh, Atlantean wars, the Andromedans uh, had a council uh, on the planet so as Stuart's word law tells us, where they decided they would make a proto-humans to dispense to the various groups that had areas of interest on uh, planet Earth, and 12 uh, humanoid groups, lyrin groups, and uh, one reptilian group uh, contributed to the proto-humans, and the reptilians asked to program the uh, brain stem, the part of us that you know deals with hierarchy, automatic uh, functioning is emotionless but uh, very effective and uh, and so that we're so all 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 of us except for some that came later and there's there are many like that too uh, but many 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 people have reptilian in them and uh, that's from my perspective the key to uh, really uh, allowing us to have be at peace with the reptilians we can feel them and they can feel us and we can communicate. So that's just what I'd like to say about, uh, about that. And what I'm really curious about is um, this, this thing about being in more than one life at the same time uh, of, you know, waking up in, in one world and going to sleep in another world and, and, and shifting like that and, uh, and the bleed through and all that sort of stuff. That you, That's what I want to hear about.
2: The, that's, that's called the multiverse so when, I, when I'm when i in this reality I'm playing realtor for the day and then when I, I close my eyes and open my eyes to my head I'm in a completely different universe completely different planet or body experience, friends, family, housing I and every night I go to bed it's a different experience so I'm living multiples and hundreds of lifetimes in one experience it's, it's very hard to um, contradict what, what, where, where I am and what reality is sometimes Wow. Yeah.
4: yeah. So, Kevin, uh, have you ever experienced that multi-dimensional aspect of yourself? And if so, what was that look like? Um,
6: not to the extent of of what, of what you're describing. I mean, for me, uh, my only experience was uh, when I was with Mark Sorensen and he, he took me back to my planet of origin, which I was. I didn't have a body. I was more like uh, light energy, but I was on a crystal planet. Um that was the sun was always it was basically almost always like uh, sunset, sun like just sunset uh, on this planet and resonating a crystal. But um, that's about as far as I was able to see, but not, but you know, I'm very familiar with the multiverse and, and you know the fact that we live multiple lives simultaneously at, at different levels of of um, you know of dimensions, you know all the way up to the highest dimensions. Um, but to you know the jump is what you're saying. It's um, it's very fascinating. Uh, I mean Sherry Wild, when she was asked her you know uh, her her gray um, uh, teacher Da about understanding this, and he he basically took a, a, a huge you know p- wad of paper um, that was you know like what do you call it onion paper thin, and he took a pencil and and shoved it all the way through and he said this is kind of like you you exist on all these multiple levels of different of, you know different existences uh, at different planets and all that kind of stuff does that kind of make sense yeah that's very cool yeah
4: makes
6: sense I know that wasn't a question because I'm still absorbing everything but you know I too you know do have um, you know connections to uh, my my reptilian and draconian too you know I've experienced that too um, so I know exactly what you're talking about there
4: you
6: want yeah, to share m- a little bit
4: about your, What's that? You want to share a little bit about your Draco reptilian self. I have a, I have a Draco reptilian connection as well. So sure, that's yeah. Interesting. I'll share that. Go ahead.
6: Yeah, uh, my, uh, I basically I've had three experiences. Um, Sherry, uh, Elizabeth, April. She's uh, um, one of my partners. Uh, I learned that she and I are both. We both were activated at the same time. Um, she's a tall zeta uh, in in incarnate. Anyway, she confirmed that I and you know was a reptilian back in ancient Egypt, but I was a reptilian general. and she convinced me back then to help with the, the programs to better relationships between the humans and the reptilians and I was very reluctant at first and didn't want to do it. but then I, I basically said, okay, fine, we'll do this and eventually, um, I was part of the group that was working with the Anunnaki at the Tall Whites and the Zetas um, to put the reptilians back underground again. Um, I honestly think that um, I'm back in this timeline now to finish the work that um, you know I, I you know previously done. Um, that's why I'm back on this timeline tr- trying to finish things up as we work towards official first contact. I, I had a very interesting experience um, with uh, a reptilian last year at the Alien Cosmic Expo in Toronto where, um, in front of 300 witnesses, I became a telepathic translator for a 16-foot-tall alpha draconian who uh, came in to me uh, very strongly um, to correct a MUFON investigator in regards to, you know, he was painting the reptilians as, as nightmares and, you know, black and white and good and evil, and I was saying, you can't do that. You know, our, these are our people. We can't help the way we look. You can't judge us being, you know, good or evil based on our looks because we are all individuals and you know, be mindful cuz we we're you know my people are here and we're watching you but my voice dropped i felt i felt my my my, my, my back went really really huge and i felt these two really huge things to my shoulder blades and i realized that i was carrying wings and and i, I actually felt i actually felt what it was like to be him uh, to be this this you know the tall reptilian with with these large wings it was incredible I'll never forget that experience who would you like
4: to pass the talking to, to next, uh, Kevin? Or oh, do you have any question to pass?
6: <laughs> um, I'm just more interested to, to understand about, uh, you know, um, you're, you're, what you guys experienced in, in your in your your interactions as reptilians and also working with the
2: draconians. I we'll have a million stories to tell. <laughs> Am okay. I talking now?
4: will we'll come. Well. I want to go round table, so let's. Uh, the next person is Penny. Have you had what, what is your experience with reptilians? Have you been in a reptilian avatar? Have you interacted with reptilians?
5: Uh, when I was at Montauk, I was trying to escape interdimensionally, and um, the Scientologists who were running the place wanted to, wanted to dump me into the um, incinerator and a warrior cast Draco saved my life so um, I was about six years old at the time so I would say that I tend to be positive about Draco so if I have a bias that's what it is um, I agree with what Kevin said that they are all individuals and have to be judged individually that being said every every race has an official agenda that you have to take into account. And the Draco agenda is to maintain the empire. So, um, if what is in the best interest of the empire is not good for humans, well, the humans are going to lose in that deal. But, one-on-one, Draco are hardwired for full telepathic intimacy and it's not something you can shut off or turn on it just it's there it's complete and for most humans it feels like your brain's being sucked out of your eyeballs Um, I was genetically modified before I was born to be able to live among Draco and when I was in Knockoff uh, in the German I was around at least a couple of Drake all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my unit in the Marsha shell, um the militia on Mars. Our commander answered to and helped track. So he was in and out of the home office all the time. So you, you, if you were modified to be able to be around them, then, then he was just like part of the furniture. Go in and out do your job. If you ask questions, then you answer them correctly and honestly. Um, you learn right away not lie to them at all. They would not only get your surface lie, but they would get your motive for lying to them as well. Plus what action do you need. So, you know.
1: You no- up a little bit.
5: Oh. Okay. Yeah, you're
4: breaking up I'm not sure what's going on. There
5: there was no no effective purpose for lying to them. And that's carried over into my, into my and like it's like, everybody catches me, they know me. Um,
4: We're having trouble hearing you. I don't uh, know what's going on. Yeah, maybe uh, adjust
0: your uh, You know, headphones. Penny, would you, I, I might as well relate to, well, the last thing you said because that's a wonderful thing remember we are we are all have a reptilian sense where we can not only tell when people are lying but also what motivates their lies and it's really activatable uh in, 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 if you go for it anyone listening even you know
5: yeah if you know it's there you can tell if someone is lying and you can Sense into them. That's the best way I can put it. Just
0: yes, when, and your your sound got better.
5: Okay, I'm I'm telepathic as part of the modification they did to me, and I actually work at shielding so I don't hear people. And so for me, it it's like. I just slide into that and I'm listening to someone lie to me blatantly in my face and at the same time I'm hearing what their motive was for it and making making the conscious choice whether to call them on it or not. And. <laughs> It's like, uh, this isn't normal human relations, and it took me a long time to figure that out. Because in the unit I was in, in Nachtwaffen, that was our norm, was everybody did this. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's...
0: Oh, uh, the That's context the is: uh, you can get yourself killed if you if you if you uh, break people's games without their permission.
5: <laughs> well, up there, if you lie to the commander, um, you're usually dead. You don't get to stay yeah. dead. You don't get to stay dead. <laughs> They'll dump you into the region tank or they'll put you in a new clone body or something. But uh, you get to come back with the memory of how they killed you. So um, you have truth, some honesty, truth um, even radical honesty is the norm there. Um, so Earth life is a little bit difficult whenever that you're hearing what's coming out of someone's mouth and you're hearing what's in their head at the same time. Mm. Because humans don't say what they think, they don't say what they mean, they talk all the way around it without ever saying it <laughs> and they leave you to figure out what in the hell they're talking about.
6: My ex was like that for 21 years. <laughs>
5: Oh, I have my sympathies. Um, the man, the man I have lived with for eighteen years, he's he's the silent type, and he will come up to, up to me, um, and stand beside me like he would with another man, and he will just say, "I think you need to rethink that approach." Yeah. And then he just walks away So You know this this is what our relationship is like Um, We sit in the living room Back to back Each on our own computers And we'll say Oh you gotta look at this This is what my relationship is Um, And then I see other people's relationships Where the the woman is honed, And it just really really offends my sensibilities. Why would you want to be with someone? That but I'm getting I'm getting way off topic. Uh, what's it like to be with a Drake? Um it's like it's like someone that can see into your soul and know everything about you and you have to work with this person on a like and it gets to the Point where that you don't even see the reptilian body so much, you're seeing another person who's very much like you at the same time.
4: Penny, we're really you're really fading in, so uh, we'll come back to you. We're going to pass it over to uh, James and let him. Uh, See if maybe while you're next round, see if you can maybe unplug or replug or something because you keep going in and out. Okay. Talking stick to you, James.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I guess the the question is our experiences with reptilians? Yes. Okay. So I've had a few of them, but most of them are like through regression work and um, different uh, other people that I've contacted that we've worked together on different missions, and they recall the interaction with these these beams. Um, one particular uh, experience I had was with Sani Sito, because um, I was getting all these needle marks and cut marks, and I was asking Sani uh, because she's a, a contact with the Greys, Kibin is what she called them, and um, she said that the 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 Greys or the so-called benevolent ETs do not act, do not abduct people. Uh, this is the secret uh, space program, and also the certain negative reptilians in Draco um and but she did say that i was a reptilian when i go aboard the spaceship i go by the name of travik and i turn into a nine-foot reptilian i don't specifically recall that experience so i I, but um i i do feel like they um i say feel uh, there have been other regressions where they would i believe it's an avatar body or perhaps maybe they can shoot you up with some kind of tech where you can shapeshift into a reptilian and i've gone on missions as a reptilian um and there's another experience i had with tian and tian was a scientist who worked on creating super soldiers for the military and i say military loosely because it's more like i um a group within um darpa and it's And even DARPA doesn't really have access to a lot of this stuff. So it would probably be more like the uh, secret military contractors. So um, they were – Tian didn't like how we were treated because essentially at the end of the day, after they use us, they throw us away like toys. Um, I mean I guess they can erase our memories and put us back. But um, he was uh, a little bit upset because he he rescued me on a mission. Uh, I was sent off world, and they left me to die my military squad or whatever the group not my squad but the the people I was working for and um so he went out and his ship and rescued me and and he's he was um he asked me if I remembered that and I said no and he was a little he was upset that I couldn't remember it but uh TN um did what he could to uh help me get some of my memories back he said my files are in Iowa and so on but um, they eventually – they did punish him for that, and um, apparently he was killed. And then I later found out that um, death does not have the same level of permanence as it does here on planet Earth. So he is back with a different tribe. He called them the Spitrones 222, and he says in his words that he's going to bring the system down. Um, with, uh, uh, he's joined basically a group of rebel reptilians that uh, want to stop all this, the craziness that's going on here. Um, I'm not sure how effective <laughs> they're gonna be, but you know, all more power to them, and we need more groups like that. Um, and see uh, oh, and there was another experience I had. this was with a regression work I did. Um, this was a Nazi my lab base. They were abducting children that had certain reptilian. Um, DNA, and they would shoot them up with us. Uh, uh, I'm assuming this is the femto technology where it would actually they would they would convert from human DNA into the Draco DNA, and they were they were trying to convert <laughs> these people into Draco, and some of them were actually being converted into super soldiers. Were what's what what happened to me? And this um, one individual, his name uh, his name was Haraka. He claims that his name was Adam Kessler. And that um, he was a, um, uh, an orphan at the time of World War II on the Nazi side, the German side. And the, his father was high up in the German party and uh, sold him off for experimentation. And then um, he was exposed to some kind of gas on the, on the front lines that mutated his DNA. And he was brought into these programs. And um, he was uh, used as a um, – together – I was actually a navigator – Underneath him, and uh, his role, I guess, was to I guess watch over me or something. I'm not quite sure. But we worked on Dark Fleet ships, and uh, so he was. Um, he reached out to me uh, to let me know that that he's he's dying uh, because he he rebelled, and they 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 stuck him in a dungeon where they basically feed him um, humans um, humans that rebel. They get sent down there. Anyway, so that's 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 what we got from this regression. So. Anyway, um, and I talked about that my recent episode on Super Soldier talk. So, yeah, um, there's all sorts of groups out there. My personal experience is the Draco. There, there are certainly good ones and bad ones. But um, with the Draco, it's a little bit more complicated because they have a lot of blood rituals and drinking um, blood (laughs) rituals, and then uh, also certain sex rituals that involve sacrifice, and uh, and they do use some kind of virtual reality type or avatar type. Programs to dispense uh, that kind of energy, that, that frequency they like to engage in. Uh, so, um, and, but um, I think there are there are other types of reptilians, more the amphibian types that are more positive than benevolent, or you want to call them that because they don't have necessarily the the aggressive side where they view humans as a food source. But um, yeah, but you know, likewise, I think we are more likely to get help from reptilian DNA. Um, Beings, aliens, than we are from our human counter- counterparts, the Andromedans or the well, more human-like, but uh, the Palladians and those groups, Syrians. They're they're not likely to help us as compared to the reptilians because uh, reptilians uh, feel a lot of them feel very res- um, responsible for what happened here. So, and plus they're also very aggressive and they wanna they wanna help bring the system down too. That's I particular. can
2: totally relate to the interesting. Stories. Very interesting.
4: Okay, do you want to take a turn? Um, who's talking?
0: Okay. Go ahead. Oh, number six. Jan- yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Janet, you should uh, tell about your experience with reptilian.
4: Okay, I'll tell you about my experience. <laughs> First of all, I dealt with the reptilian my entire life from age four until um, I was about 12. And uh, I've had ongoing contact, but that was the 3D contact, right in my backyard uh, at my house in Avalon, Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh. And like you said before, Penny, it feels like you're being sucked out of your eyeballs, out of your... <laughs> I felt like you're being sucked out of my third eye chakra. And it's such intense telepathic communication. And my reptilian wore a long, kind of hooded, um, to, to cover who he was, and he came through a stargate. He came through that watery environment, and he just went right into my world and right to right the backyard, and uh, we started uh, communicating telepathically, and I, for years I told the story that we were in this battle, and he was trying to, you know, he was the the, um, the Grim Reaper, and he was just like in um, Harry Potter, you know, that character that would try to suck your soul out. I think that's um, why we have those myths, those stories about the soul suckers, right? You know, in Lord of the Rings, or the Rayquades, or whatever. They call it the weights, but they probably are actually um dracos trying or, or some kind of reptilians trying to communicate with humans, and it does feel like your soul's getting sucked out of your third eye chakra and crown chakra and everything. So I would break away because I'd be terrified and run into the house. And but I kept going back, it's kind of like um groundhog day, and I forget what had happened because um, humans suffer from the cune, we forget trauma and we just go and do it again. So I kept going until. I was about 12 and then i said i'm never going back but then my life led me to johnson atoll when i was um in my early 40s and i went to the underground facility i was uh, taken there with the the tall grays the short and the medium grays um the military so johnson atoll is 800 miles southwest of hawaii in the pacific ocean and you can't even get on there unless you get to caught clearance and for some reason probably because i am <laughs> who i am on a soul level i got clearance i my boyfriend worked there and i said yeah right you're going to get me a job there but i did and of course i'm very interested when i landed and eventually uh, a year into my contract i ended up going to the under water underground installation and i was um in a rich pool where we went to see the drag and everybody was dressed in um I'd say they were kind of like uh, Henry VIII era or even older type, very elaborate gowns and it was just like eyes wide shut, but everybody was uh, not dressed alike. They were dressed uh, to the hilt and they, were, it was, and they were very tall beings. They kept um, coming in line behind me and getting taller and taller until the tallest ones were, I don't know, 18, 19. I, I couldn't even tell how tall they were. They were just monsters, giants, you know, like, wow. Uh, but they followed me because i'm somewhere in the bloodline or something i'm some kind of mixed genetic or physically or both and um they asked if i was the key is it going to happen today it was all telepathic and there were a thousand of them and they were the anunnaki and so we went to this uh lower part which was a natural cavern very large cavern and there was a light shining from the ceiling uh and made a perfect circle on the ground and um there was this huge the wall, and they shut up. You know, suddenly they stopped talking. So I knew, you know, to go stand in that circle. And when I did, the wall before me shimmered and dissolved. And on the other side was an even larger cavern, and there was a uh, set of very giant feet that we could see. We all craned our necks to try to see it, and uh, it was a female dragon, giant, enormous. I was about the size of her toenail. And She projected an avatar image and um, to stand right in front of me so that we could look in each other's eyes and when we looked in each other's eyes our We are soul We went all the way to source and the whole entire cosmos and at that time Everybody started communicating at once and I was some kind of universal translator And all the questions say we ever wanted to ask were asked and all the answers were answered and then I I, I don't remember what happened, so I probably passed out from overload, information overload, but I was taken back to my bed uh, up in the, in the dorms and, and plopped back in. And uh, the second day, returned me... Wait,
0: Janet, was, yeah, was the dragon a, a reptilian? Are you saying the dragon was a reptilian?
4: Well, aren't, aren't the dragons in the reptilian family? I would say... Anyway, Master who knows? You, there's, you yeah. Know, there's, yeah, I, it was a large, 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 large dragon, and I think they're reptilian, but I'm not a, what do okay, you think, biologist. So anyway, the, um, and and they have sense of humor. So they plopped me from about four feet up into the bed, and then, as soon as I hit the ground, they, they put some kind of energy, went, Shh, you know, like a spray or something. I couldn't move. And my eyes were closed, and then the alarm went off, and I had to go to work, and I had to act normal. And I thought it was very cruel. <laughs> I have to go to work and act normal after that. So anyway, that's my story. To tell. Somebody else take the talking stick. I and guess to I celebrate. guess I should tell
6: I my know. I guess I should tell my my story about my uh, visitation by a reptilian uh, two months ago.
4: Sure, and then you. How Kevin? You you pass the talking stick around. We're going to be. I'm going to break in about four minutes here, five minutes, and then you or awesome. Sasha will be the moderator for the next segment. Well,
6: go save ahead, that Kevin, for, you direct. What's that? Oh, okay.
4: What? Kevin, you direct this. Uh, I'm, I'm passing you the moderator. stick oh, okay. you, So you can All direct.
6: Right. Okay. Thank you. Oh, dude, I don't even know where to go. <laughs> um,
2: uh,
4: Joel wants to talk. What's that? Never mind. Right like I'm going to shut up now.
2: Okay, uh, to revert back to the second story we were listening to, I had the experience in the ME labs of the Germans where I was put into a machine and they replaced my human blood with reptilian DNA blood and this pink substance. And then I grew into like an eight foot super soldier, white reptilian looking humanoid body. And then I had other experiences where my, in my training programs, they would put us into AI programs where they would train us how to fight do different special skills, fight against uh, even our own kind reptilian warriors class to train us in the best ways. I had a lot of experience with reptilians. I had experiences of being on the home world, uh, being actually part of a, a white reptilian royal family. Uh, we lived in a, on the, one of the tallest buildings on the home planet. Most reptilian homeworlds are live in towers. Each level of the tower is based on your society status the lower you are the more poor you are the more high up are, the more high you are in the world um most uh rich reptilian royals have uh sexual genetic modified uh reptilian uh, girlfriends uh usually two at a time uh everything is modified there so uh they don't have sex like humans do they don't give birth they were doing genetic uh test tube baby so like if they wanted to make a warrior they would genetically modify to make it the best warrior if they want to make a sex slave they modify make it the best sex slave etc um i've had experiences on dark dark planets uh with a negative reptilian beings where they're training their armies and they're all color-coded one was white blue yellow red and green and they asked me to help train their soldiers and i was training with them um and most of it was just in the Dark Fleet, serving with my commander, uh, who commanded me to do all of his bidding and do all of his wars. Um, I actually been working with Corey Goods, artists, uh, making uh, pictures and, and drawings of my memories. I submitted uh, what a, what I looked like as a super soldier to um, the host of this show. She has it. And uh, you guys should take a look at that stuff. You, you know
0: what? Yeah, like, really, much. come if, if on. Uh, listen, General, if you remember, uh, like the drills that you did with your arms and stuff, you know, the motions that you had uh, uh, that you that you had to memorize when you're using uh, uh, the, your weapons, that would be fantastic. And does your body I remember, remember, I remember stuff
2: remember. like that? Yeah, we're we're we're. I'm working with him right now. We're drawing a full series of all my memories. I know all my armor, my tactical armor we used. Uh, I know this sounds kind of cheesy, but it's a real weapon that they use in the secret space program. It's called the laser sword. Uh, this is the same Jedi uh, Knight laser sword that's in the movie Star Wars. Uh, that's a real weapon that they have. But the only difference is uh, one end projects a laser sword, and the other end can shoot out projectile laser beams. Uh, they vary in multiple colors. The most generic color is red. Uh, there's another uh, weapon we use. It, it, everything's controlled with our minds. Um, so we wear these things called drone packs. Uh, these drones would fly off with our minds, and we could see through these drones, and they could scan areas, and be also use as weapons to kill our enemies. Uh, most of it, uh, when, we, when we traveled in carriers, we traveled in two dark... Uh, Fleet carriers at a time. Uh, They're they the exact same ships as you see in Star Wars as those um, uh, Star Destroyers. But they were all black. Uh, we would land on planets in dropships, and I would be down there with my troops fighting, and I would meet the commanding and officer, Reptilian Royal. So the Reptilians were always in charge, but anything that was genetically made, like so I was a general, even though I was a general, but I was still a hybrid, so I was below any Reptilian. I always served them whatever they wanted to do, and I, and most of their armies were genetically made for fighting. Uh, all their armies, uh, like the humanoid ones, um, have complete space armor. They look exactly like clone warriors, the clone troopers in Star Wars, but like a little different, obviously. And they're all one color; they're not multicolored. Um, they use weapons, laser weapons. Uh, we've done space time travels where we've been sent back in World War One and Two. And we've been time loops, like that movie that Tom Cruise has to
4: hold that thought. We're on a commercial break now. We'll be back in five minutes.
0: that their population is evolving rapidly and advancing into a fifth-dimensional consciousness. They are seeking peace with all cosmic cultures, which may mean that the Earth will be asked to join the prestigious galactic federation of light alliances. Please join Debbie West and Michael Hathaway on Lost Knowledge saturdays 3 p.m eastern standard time in studio a for the latest breaking news on the star visitors peaceful contact and the ongoing project of cleansing the earth who are you i am the architect i created the matrix i've been waiting for you why am i here You
3: are the eventuality of an anomaly which, despite my sincerest efforts, I have been unable to eliminate from what is otherwise a harmony of mathematical precision,
0: which has led you inexorably here. You haven't answered my question. The Matrix is older than you know.
7: As you are undoubtedly gathering, the anomaly is systemic, creating fluctuations in even the most simplistic equation, choice. The problem is
3: choice. Right here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. Be here Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Time for Private Eye Matrix Revealed with Monique Lassan.
7: Hello, my name is Mr. Rowe. I am the host of Reality Extraction. Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. I utilize logic, intellect, and magic to methodically autonomize, vivisect, analyze, examine, study, scrutinize, and extract an essence of reality from a fog of illusion and confusion. You can find me on Studio B every Thursday at 1700 hours Pacific time. That's 8 p.m. Eastern. No topic taboo, no subject too strange. I strive to take a neutral standpoint during the dissection of the Topic at hand, that's reality extraction with Mr. Rowe on Revolution Radio. This is Thomas, a.k.a. a Mad Painter. I'd like you to join me Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Open Canvas. Don't forget to bring an open
3: mind. Yes, folks, that's right. Bring an open mind to an open canvas. Again, that is Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. UFOs to government corruption. This is Revolution Radio. FreedomSlips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here.
7: tuning in to Revolution Radio. Here at Revolution Radio we are listener sponsored and commercial free but there still are bills to pay. In order to raise some needed funds to cover the cost our station is offering a silver special. In the continental United States for a $60 donation or in Alaska, Hawaii or Canada for a $70 donation we will send you an uncirculated 2018 one ounce pure silver eagle. The $70 donation, uh, the extra 10 is to cover shipping, by the way, outside of the continental United States. When making the donation, you must put Silver Eagle promo in the notes on the donation. And thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at revolution.radio and freedomslips.com. Without you, there is no less. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps.
4: of The Concord Show.
3: And co-host, Marine Corps MAP, coming to you on Monday and Tuesdays in Studio A, noon to 2 Eastern.
4: And Studio B on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, with educational, instructional information and situational update, often with wonderful guests on the current landscape in the U.S. and overseas.
7: This is a go, 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 go.
4: We are with you, side to side, and back-to-back.
3: Please join us on Monday through Wednesdays.
4: As well as other hosts and guests here on Revolution Radio. 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 We're not going to take it
0: anymore. Okay. That's right, we're-
4: Hello, Hod. Welcome back to Stargate to the Cosmos and I'm your host, Janet Lesson, with Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson and Kevin Estrella, my co-hosts, and they're amazing people. And our guests today are James Rink and General Hendricks, also known as Joel Lakey, and Penny Bradley. And I'm going to pass the main moderator stick to Dr. Lesson because... I've got something in my eye <laughs> And I'm going to go wash my eye out again So, But I'll be here I'll be back so Was go somebody sucking oh, the soul out of
6: your eye again?
4: Uh, yeah, they keep doing that So I washed it once but it still hurts um, I do want to say To remind everybody to please go To our donation button on Revolution Radio And make your donation this week um, It's the last day of the month And we're starting a new one And we could really use your Donation to keep us live on the air And bringing you programs like this And so Matt What did we end up with the last day of the month uh, We're
0: 70, to se- $71 To the good
4: Alright Yay,
0: yay. So we've oh, very okay. this month. Thank you, people.
4: Okay thank you I'm going to go on mute You guys carry on I'll be back
6: Well I know where I'd like to <laughs> Where where I want to take off Basically what we were talking about on break I mean uh, how all three of you, your stories are so similar, and that's why I thought when you you were talking about um, you know turning into your reptilian body and 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 the training that you took uh, took place, and then you know the, the Tower planets, I thought, geez, this this is like General Hendrix It's the exact same thing. It's like parallel. So maybe maybe like so, the listeners can can hear this because uh, this is crazy. Beautiful
2: thanks
5: well, we're telling the same stories just from different viewpoints.
2: Yeah. The, well, these we'll are,
5: these are real experiences that we're sharing. We're not making it up. <laughs> so, of course, eventually have... you're going to hear the same stories from different people.
1: And Penny and I have, we have an experience together that we recalled. Oh, yeah. If you want to share yeah. that. Yeah. Um,
5: I wasn't able to pull up the, the file you sent me, but I'll share what I remember of the experience. Um, we did a, a regression hypnosis on me because I the first time I saw James on Facebook, it was like, I know you. I know you. I don't know where I know you from, but I know you. And so we did the, um, the regression because he was wanting an artist to draw what he looked like as a super soldier, and I had seen him. And so we went through this process and I had Boku booby traps. And um, we were eventually able to get enough of a description to get a drawing done of of James as super soldier and um, that was my that was my Kruger alter who is in a cyborg and she just shuttles a shuttlecraft between Mars and the moon like regular clockwork and she had been shuttling James's group from between the moon and Mars on various missions and uh, James was a little embarrassed because in the regression it was, it's like you're there and so he had me talk to him in the regression and his, um, his super soldier self was a little bit rude but, um, you know, when you think about it, you don't really think about that a cyborg pilot is going to be talking to you like, Hi, guy, you know, I'm on Earth talking to you. Right. So, um, yeah, his, his alter told me to piss off.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> James, we need to sh- uh, compare our pictures together. Sure. Oh. Okay. Well, well yeah, some say either. that. I'll email it to you.
1: Some of these beans apparently have, like, this glass helmet with no hair. Have you ever seen any super soldiers like that?
2: Okay, so the white reptilian commander I served under, he, um, half of his, he was a reptilian white face, and he had half his skull, like his upper skull, missing, and he had a, I called it a dome crystal plate that was see-through on top of his head, and it kind of glowed, and that was uh, the person I took orders from.
1: And did uh, did they have like a heat-seeking eye? Left eye he was had,
2: heat-seeking. Like, he had eyes that would pierce you. Like he always he always like the an one
1: infrared, would be looking at me. Infrared. lock. Oh, yeah. oh,
2: oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh it, yeah. It was yeah. It would lock me down for sure. Not
1: and I also, maybe, they had like, um. Kind of, like, this,
2: with me. No.
1: They had this like silvery type suit that looked, uh, and their skin was even silvery.
2: Mine was white skin, and he had uh, a blackish, grayish, uh, like almost trench coat suit on him.
5: Uh, the the Draco that was at Montauk that hunted me down for them, uh, he had one of those heat seeking eyes.
6: Yeah, have you three? Have you three ever thought about pretty, um, um going uh, like? Presenting your story to a, a scriptwriter and, uh, and and a movie director.
2: I'm actually doing it with uh, uh, Stefano Steph, who's doing uh, Corey Good's um, uh, comic books, and then their comic books are going to uh, write a movie about it, and it's going to screenplay, and they're they're going to, trying to throw my character, in well not my character but my image of what I look like into um, that series. And to mm-hmm. get it moving, and then I'm also, yeah, like I said, I'm speaking at Stargate uh, August or October 25th to get the story out there.
6: Yeah, I'll I'm be seeing you get, there.
2: Uh, I'll be there. I'm trying to get Corey Good's attention. So. Mm-hmm. Well,
5: um, I'm going to be at, at Stargate. Um, I I came forward because I was being shot at. So. I, my particular story had a sense of urgency as in I never knew if I was going to live the next day or not Um, so it's Mm -hmm. been, it's two years now since the first time I was shot at was July 17th, 2016 and -hmm. James was the second person who interviewed me so I've known James It was, what, October of 2016
1: we met? I don't recall specifically, but I'm going to take your word for it, Penny.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a lot of water water under the bridge since then. But Uh, um, uh, You
0: know, I I really want to not skip over the point uh, to to just uh, make it all all about what's happening in space because uh, what motivates me uh, uh, to um, have you tell your story uh penny is that people are being murdered and kidnapped uh, uh and used in terrible uh ways and it's yes. it's not just it's not something uh, you, besides all this interesting stuff there's such human suffering at the bottom of it and that's what we've got to do something about
5: well, you listen yeah, but- You listen to all of us, and you hear, you're, you're modified before you're even born. Your DNA is changed, so who you are at your, DNA, at your very cell level is changed. You're not allowed to be who you were supposed to be. You're used from that point forward. In my generation, we were all kidnapped by the time we were four years old, and then sent for mind fracture. I understand the process is is easier and gentler on the younger people than it was on mine. Um, I had a NSA agent tell me a couple of months ago that I am the last person still alive from my Langley class where I was mind fractured, and that's what they called it was a class mm. like. Ugh. We were being taught. No, we were being tortured until our mind fractured into the appropriate number of bits. Um, And these are not nice things they do to little kids. They drown you. They shoot you. They rape you front and back for girls. Um, They nailed me inside a wall. I have memories that I'm still wondering what was the real truth of what happened to me with that particular memory. I've reintegrated 30 altars, and half of them have been just storing trauma. Um, the nightmares are horrific and this is not taking into account what they use you for afterwards. They speak they, sent me into space for 50 years. Brought me back and then once a week for the rest of my life they took me for something else. I have a lifetime of being abducted every Friday because they would give me this screen memory of being a mermaid in a kelp bed. And it was like, oh. Uh, So Every Friday for 40, 50 years? What did they use me for? Um, I wake up inside the, all, the altar that is a cyborg that works with James. Um, she has simple awareness and no personal memory. All, all of her memory and thought functions are done by, by the computer in the body. And she's chipped to the ship's computer, so she and the computer are, she and the the shuttlecraft are one. And then there's there's the navigator that works with, um, he's calling himself Kyle in in public, but he's a major in Nachtwaffen and. I'm his navigator, and most of our crew are ETs, and we go through and sell contraband while we gather intel to make sure there are no rebellions against Nachtwaffen. And that when our ship was invaded, and he took care, Kael took care of the guy that was trying to take over our cockpit while I held the corridor with one of those laser knives that Joel was talking about. One of the red ones, only mine was, the whole thing was about 18 inches, approximately half a meter for those that are not in America. And I killed 10 people holding his six inside a corridor that was about as wide as I am tall. And that was February, March this year. So um, I'm still active in those. And then there was another altar that I don't even know what she does. I woke up inside of her while she was killing her commanding officer. So I don't know what she did she was in trouble for, I don't know what he did that ticked her off but she killed him and she did that psychically. If I had the abilities on earth that I have in these, these programs, people would be more afraid of me than they are. Um, I think of myself as this heavy earth mother with a horrific past but I keep being told that people feel the military side of me so yeah it's a horrific thing and what pays for the space program okay yeah there were 29 trillion dollars disappeared from the Pentagon and the the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Okay, o- over the last I think they said it said it was like 25 years, it's been 29 trillion with a T dollars have disappeared and those have paid for solar warden. The rest of the programs, all of the black ops, all of the technology, all of the explor all of the expansion into space are paid for by the kidnapping of human beings from Earth, converting them into cyborgs, and selling them to ETs as slaves. That's what this whole thing is based on economically. Now, how the hell can people think this is glamorous? Yeah, you've got the three of us soldiers talking about what we did and it sounds oh cool, they're being in they're doing all this military stuff. But the reality they're
1: superheroes. They got superpowers.
5: Yeah. But we're not. We're part of a massive criminal enterprise that needs to be brought down. And if humanity doesn't do it, the galactic community is going to hold us all accountable. And I'm going to pass the stick at that point.
1: I've, I've got a lot lot to comment about that. Go so ahead. Can yeah, I go, go ahead and chime ahead. in yeah. here? Yeah. Alright, so first of all, um, I'm going to back up here. Um, so some of the uh, what, uh, Penny and I's uh, experience on Mars um, in this regression. I was working for Kruger, and um, Penny recalled seeing the the letters of the. My, I had like this uh, camo, sand camo type backpack, um, a uniform, and we were going into some kind of bunker underground after we got off the the shuttlecraft, and my my backpack said Kruger on it. So um, I wanted to ask Penny. Um do you think Kruger is also involved abducting these people for slaves or are they fighting Dark Fleet? What what's what's your thoughts on that, Penny?
5: My thoughts are that that Dark Fleet, Nachtwaffen, German fleet is in charge of the whole thing. Nobody's fighting them.
1: Okay. All right. Of course, uh, according to Peter, anyway, uh, Kruger was, par- was from the parallel reality where the Nazis won the war, um, and so they are um, opposed to being enslaved uh, per se by the Draco reptilians, which is taking place here. Um, at least that's what I was able to kind of pick up. So let's um, going back here. I do want to mention there was another mission I had on Mars, and that one um, I was a super soldier, and. Uh, we were going down. Um, we were sent in to uh, clean out this facility. Uh, not clean. Out. Um, more specifically, uh, there was a fight between the reptilians and human personnel, and um, so we were sent in there to exterminate the reptilians. And so when we got uh, into the facility, uh, we questioned the reptilians and asked them what was going on. And from their words, it appears that. Uh, both sides of the conflict were – both parties were responsible, but it appears probably the humans were more <laughs> responsible for the conflict. So we decided to open up a portal and let them go, and I did get reprimanded for that. I don't recall what the reprimand was, but I'm sure it probably had pro- something to do with the extermination of my clone body. Um, and there's another that, – That's
5: uh, that's the usual reprimand, yeah. You,
1: you, okay, and so there was another thing I want to mention is that um, on the moon, uh, somebody does recall, I, I don't, I, I I actually do remember being on the moon, uh, but I don't remember what my name was. But apparently someone else that recalled me there said that I went by the name of James Ring, R-I-N-G. And apparently they, they like to use uh, my same, my first name and just uh, change my last name. Um,
5: That's what they mention- did with me. They used my real first name. And then Valkyrian, because I was in the Valkyrie unit on Mars.
1: Oh, okay. Um, and then there's also, I want to mention a weapon that, that that we used when we were on this mission. It's called the Weapon of the Gods, and it had a knife with a spinning blade on it. Does anybody else recall using this particular weapon? Maybe Joel or a
5: penny? I was mostly in a in a plane on Mars, and it had weapons built in. And when I was uh when I was involved in battle on alongside the Draco, I used psi weapons. I didn't use actual physical weapons. Um, okay.
1: Alright,
2: well, um, I have more experiences, you want? Yeah, yeah, Joel. Uh, okay, so with me on the Dark Fleet, I was on the, I was always on the bridge, uh, in the, we'll just called them Star Destroyers, I don't know, I can't remember the exact names of them, uh, on Mars, I would be on these, uh, hovercraft helicopter looking type vehicles, uh, they had open doors on each side, and I was with, uh, me and my lieutenants, and we'd fly over the surface of Mars, uh, about maybe 30 or 40 feet off the ground, and we'd be looking at our inventory of our battalions. Uh, these um, weapons they had were like the movie Avatar, like those two-legged and two-armed um, uh, machine-looking things that were a person to go inside of it and work it. Uh, there was uh, hundreds and hundreds of those. Each machine had its own little hut, and I was just inspecting my inventory and battalions, uh, getting ready for battle. Um, then also my other ships we flew was, uh, we actually traveled through Stargates, like in the movie or the TV series, Stargate HD1. That's real technology they have. Another one is also time travel where we dress up as World War One or two soldiers and go back in time and fix timelines and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, does anybody recall being at Montauk? Yes. And do you remember uh, the torture that they did there?
5: Um, I wasn't so much involved with torture. They, I was before they started torturing the kids there. Um, it was it was enough torture to be in the time tunnel that most of the kids came back completely insane. And they were not going to the trouble of regenerating you to fix your mind. So um, they they tended to put... If you came back crazy, they put you in the incinerator, burned you alive.
2: Have you guys been to the bases in the underground Utah bases for training programs?
5: I'm not sure where all I've been. I've been a lot of places... I've been a lot of places this. where I was underground and driving for miles and miles and miles where in, in, in a, a jeep where you could see this big light bulb and you could see the next one so that you wouldn't run into the
2: wall Yeah, my experience on the ground Utah bases was heights. Uh, So when we were in our super soldier bodies, they would scan our um, bodies for our our fears, and they would test all of our fears to make sure they were all clearly gone. So my my biggest fear was heights. So they would make us line up in this section, it was section D, and each soldier would step up and then say, okay, jump. And then the next one would jump, and so on and so on. But the jump was 100 feet down. So they would just say, you're jumping 100 feet down, you need to land on your feet. And these people kept doing it, doing it. And I knew uh, I started to awaken. I started to remember me being a child and now I'm di- I'm different body. And I saw this opening above me, it was like an air vent and I saw some sunlight. And so I ripped it out and I jumped through it. And another fellow comrade followed me and we escaped and we were on top of this mountain and we jumped onto these trees and climbed down to the ground. And we, we started running as fast as we could. And um, we were running a lot faster than a normal human being. And I remember we stumbled upon this campsite and it said Utah campsite or it was somewhere about Utah and people were camping in RVs and we were running amongst them, they're all looking at us all scared because we were different looking than they were. And we would climb into vehicles and try to drive away and then we eventually just got hunted down. They'd kill our avatars and take us back and put us in bodies and try to reprogram us.
1: Well, at Montauk there was a they had these barracks and um, I there was an argument, and um, I tried to get away. Uh, meaning, I, I jumped out of the out of the barracks, and right when that happened, the guards came out. Um, and immediately, I turned in invisible mode, and it was really uh, freaking the guards out because if I had the ability to turn visible, I could escape the facility. So um, ever since then, they called me Alien Boy. Well
2: also because i was speaking in drama (laughs) because i turned invisible we're like
1: oh damn the alien boys just turned invisible i I
2: had i had a weird experience too so i was trying to escape and my body got stuck through the air vent and i couldn't get through but i had the ability to move my body through matter and so i moved my body through matter and then i rematerialized in a different spot and then i climbed down the tree it was the weirdest thing because i knew i was stuck and I, i i know i looked at my i looked at the sky and i just asked for help in my head to my higher self and they just they pulled me through the matter and I just came right through. It was it was a crazy experience.
5: Gee, it makes me blowing up worlds sound almost normal.
6: <laughs> Man, I just feel like a fly on the wall listening to all this. I'm like, my God.
4: Yeah.
2: Wow. I have, so uh, this does sound there. like
4: a, a good movie series. It seems like somebody would really want to pick this up. What do you think is keeping people from doing that? We have a number of years uh, now. I really don't this want is uh, full James. To come out. Yeah, when did yeah. you come out, James? You're one of the early first generation. Well, there's many generations. There was that um, what was that guy's name that jumped out of the plane and you talked about the Sparrow or something. And I remember reading about him in the '90s, Andy, right? Andy Perot. And pro, yeah, pro, right? I remember yeah. reading about him in the '90s and kept jumping yeah. higher, higher out of the plane. So, so you think it's mainly that they don't want to, because they can fictionalize this very easy, and nobody would believe it. No, fact, I no, think one, no, one, no one, one would believe
6: it. it. I mean, people, people yeah. are so low on the, on regards to the realities that everything else. It looks like science fiction. They would have no idea that this is based on what's really happening. yeah, well, so... that's
4: what they do. They fictionalize it and then it invalidates the real thing. So you would think somebody would come up and you know, fictionalize that and then when you guys talk about it, they go, oh, you guys are just watching too many movies, right? Yeah, that's well, what it,
1: what there's it, a there's a video game, um, the Uncharted series, in which it's about Shoreline um, Group and that's wh- what I worked with. So they're, they've they already brought some of that information out in public and, and in Uncharted 4, there's a uh, saber mountain so... Uh, <laughs> Apparently they 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 are trying to release information through these movies and so on. But like he said, oh. uh, people people view it as a, a joke. Like we're we're, we're just horror trying horror to pretend horror. like
0: we're well, superheroes. Well, you know, one end? thing to
1: do that's real interesting
0: is to wait, take wait, everybody's uh, talking. One go ahead. Take
4: go ahead,
0: the Josh. information. Take the information that you've got. And uh, see what predictions it leads you to, uh, and uh, see if you get a, a prediction level higher than you would if you weren't using the veracity of your uh, report as your guide. And I—that's I, I, what I did with Sitchin's work. And I know you've got it because I've looked at your stuff. That's—that's that's what you guys got. Is you—you you are going to be able to predict stuff. Way better than other people because of what you know. So that's what that's where I think you can go with this.
5: Well, in the in the secret space program group on Facebook, we have about thirty four hundred members, and we have been sharing what we know is in use and has been in use. And we've been in there for almost two and a half years now, and we have been describing things. And some some of some of the more tech oriented people have been working on how to develop it. Uh, we have people in there that are working on on warp drives and zero point energy and how to create the regeneration tanks and um, each of them are like missing one key point because of the mind wipes but we're still working on it and what we found is in the two and a half years some of the things we were talking about the first few months are now being made public Mm
2: -hmm. and
5: it's a secret group, so we can't share the posts and, and the time stamps. <laughs> so, um,
0: it doesn't matter. The wisdom's coming through you so clearly. Uh, this is beautiful. It's, it, I can see that, uh, you've, you've got a coherent field of people that are allowing their experiences to come forth and be shared and are being listened to now more and more and more. It's geometrical well,
5: when, when people start talking and. Groups like the one we have now, you start hearing, yes, we were in different projects, but the core experience is very much the same. No, mm-hmm. I wasn't a super soldier out in, in hand-to-hand combat like James and Joel were, but I was in a ship, a plane, and shooting in the same wars. So, the women are out there doing it too. Now, truthfully, a, all, a lot of the women out there are being used as sex slaves to keep the men happy. But there's an increasing number of the women that are not, that were being used as pilots, navigators, because they found out that we have a better sense of what is there interdimensionally and when you're traveling in interdimensionally with warp drive you have to know what you're going to be popping popping up into whenever you come out of warp you don't want to be in the middle of a star when you pop out
0: uh, could you call on your uh, airplane uh, self to uh, take over when you need and come in and assist uh, a different aspect of you uh, living a different uh, reality.
5: I've not been able to to do that. Um, the ones that either. have the ones that have been discontinued, I've been able to reintegrate. The ah. ones that are the ones that are still active, I have not been able to. Um, although there's the one, I used to call her Starbuck. Kael calls her Valky. Um, She started off in Kruger, and she... Kruger doesn't educate their people. They just train them for the jobs they're going to be doing. So she's... Rough. That's a good word for her. Um, She looks like a street urchin. And um, she the kind that has to fight for everything, and mm-hmm. now he's trying to turn her into a German fleet officer, because she has the rank of commander which she earned, okay mm-hmm. um, but she's been killed twice in the last calendar year, and both times because she was in a cloned body, her the altar returned to me when she was killed Um, once she died the death of a thousand cuts because the fighter plane fighter ship she was in the um, got hit and her computer screen just shattered and she was just sliced wide open and they just let her die rather than even try to fix her. And um, 36 hours later, they came back and got her. She had a new body. And we've had a link since that time. That was when, when I first really was aware of her. And we spent some time, we started the reintegration process, and then they yanked her back. And then that was, that was a year ago, September. And then in January, she had some sort of infection. And when they came back to the mothership, they took her into the sick bay and just killed her. That it was easier to kill her and put her in a new body than it was to treat the infection. and so um, both times I had an hysterical dead person come back to me feeling absolutely completely betrayed and then 36 hours later she's gone and except for this psychic link where we can talk to each other now and um, I was actually in her and part of her when we were defending the ship. The sh- that ship is named the Sparrow, and it's it's one of the smaller teardrop shaped ships. And um, it's it's we're pretending to be pirates, <laughs> but we're we're really doing intel, so um, that's the most what you would call romantic experience that I've had in space the most freedom, Kael is a really easy boss to work with and um, he respects my abilities as a navigator and the feeling that I get from that altar is that she thinks she's a pig's ear and that he's trying to turn her into a silk purse and she gets frustrated because she doesn't think she's capable of it but she's trying because she's she really appreciates that he he's giving her a chance so um, yeah there's a lot of stuff out there that that Uh, the German fleet is not racist once they got into space they realized that humanity has more in common no matter what than any human has, has with an ET any ET and so what the German fleet wants is competence and performance and if you're competent you're intelligent you have potential and you're not a gold brick those are the people they're looking for and they don't care anything else race gender looks they do seem to have a preference for pretty people but that, that May just be aesthetics, or the ones that we see come back. Um, but um, I mean, I'm not now, but I was when I was in my twenties.
0: <laughs> so you could you could tell, Kyle. I, I, I deserve your trust. I am efficient. I do my job well, and I'm and and, uh, and uh, I deserve to uh, be respected.
5: Well, he was hanging out on the mothership where I was stationed because I was a fighter pilot. And he watched me for well over a year before he recruited me. And he told his bosses, his superiors, that he, he requested me as his navigator. Well, Well, I I have kind of a reputation in Nachtwaffen for being a handful, no matter what altar it is, which you guys can probably sympathize with that. I've been a handful on your show. And um, that was supposed to be a joke.
0: Oh, it's, it's, well, what can I say you're more I'm than am handful
4: you're, I'm sorry I
0: was on mute figure I love <laughs> to hear you talk I learned so much you're not a handful you're our, you're our, our wisdom figure we love to hear you talk
5: well thank you but he, what, he informed me because he and I talk real world or a, or a cyber world um, we know each other on earth So, um, he told me that his superiors told him there that I was a handful and that he had made his bed and now he had to sleep with it. (laughs) (laughs) So, that they were willing to purchase that altar from Kruger and the tissue samples to be able to refresh the body as necessary. Because clones can't be put through the Regen tank. If you put a clone through the Regen tank, it brings back the mind that would have been in the body to begin with. What you've got is a a body with a suppressed natural mind being possessed by an altar. And when you put it into the regen tank, it kicks out the altar. So, rather than do that, they just start over. Now, that's how I know that my first altar that was in on Mars and on, on the freighter, was my natural body was because every time I turned around I was back in the region tank I, I was just constantly being put back in which because I kept being assigned to do things that killed me um, I was eaten by spiders, I was shot by mantids I was shredded by Mars raptors you know...
4: Let me, let me ask you about the Spiders, because our guest the other day, and I forget his name. I have to go look it up again. He was eaten by spiders. Where are these spiders coming from that are big enough to eat us? Are they're they Mars. Are, are spiders throughout the universe? Or are they? What? Uh,
1: There's some photos spiders. of them on Mars. They're, yeah, some people have actually took photos of them. I, I could try to find the, the image if you want to see it. Spiders yeah, on Mars?
5: There so, are huge fucking spiders on Mars, 15 so feet across. Of, it's not just a David Bowie song. No, there are huge fucking spiders in the caves in Mars. And you get sick. Look can't the F-bomb.
4: Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm okay.
5: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can say I have cracking. nightmares, I have nightmares there, about these spiders.
1: And there's are, also the giant crickets the size of a bus, according to Andrew Basaji. Yeah. Did you, did you see them? Well, I
5: haven't seen them that big, but you, I would get sent to, quote, go catch us a bug, which translates into capture a mantid for interrogation. So you get out of your plane, and you've, you've located a mantid, and you're following this thing. And it slides into a cave. Well the mantids keep the spiders like we keep dogs, and they have a telepathic connection. So as soon as this mantid goes into the cave, you step inside while your eyes are adjusting to the light yes, that picture there. That while, while, oh, while your light while your eyes are adjusting to the the light change in the cave, wham, the spider's there and they've got two sets of mandibles instead of one like earth spiders and they just go straight for your midsection and they shoot you with all the venom they've got and it burns bad worse worse than any fire I've ever felt and the good news is It doesn't hurt long Because it's that poisonous It gets you You feel this massive pain And then you're dead And the next thing you know You're waking up inside the green goo in the regen tank
4: <laughs> Okay, so I have a question on that Because is there, How do these same Creatures get all over The you know galaxy Did somebody say I'm going to transport Spiders from planet A to planet B because we have spiders here of all sizes. Is this who is seeding the planet with the same species and they grow bigger or smaller and everything in between based on the environment? But it's the same original species being you know, um, do you have any insight into that?
5: Earth is a a, like a, a library, a zoological library where that different ecosystems were seeded by different worlds um, as a preserve so that the life forms would be saved it's what humanity has been doing to earth is not what was meant to be done Um, earth is supposed to be a preserve that's why it has It's this gorgeous blue marble in space with all of these different ecologies all over it. It was seeded like this on purpose. There's nothing I hate to put it this way there's nothing natural about nature on Earth. It's all been seeded. Um, The Earth Council has been responsible for that.
4: And um Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'd heard that there's there are genetic um, you know, they provide basic species for a planet and then of course the, the planet has its own environment and so they um, you know, variate and deviate and become different variations on the theme over time. I want to take everybody one last chance to say something we are running out of time. So Penny, thank you for all your incredible information. Um Let's go. Sasha, what would you like to say?
0: Uh, to uh, just uh, thank you. Uh, th- th- today, everybody, you've just really uh, shared stuff that people are can listen to, can feel, uh, can learn from. And uh, you've awakened the experiences in some of the people that are listening to you. They know that something like that has happened with them. And uh, so they're listening. And you've given a great gift to everybody. Thank you.
6: Yeah. I just want to okay. say thank you. Thank you guys too. I mean, uh, uh, it's, it's really, uh, I'm taking everything in regards to the, you know, the affirmations of, you know, the, the you know, the, how you how you're, what you guys are all sharing is all, it's all the same thing. I mean, you guys are all telling the same thing and, and, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm having Penny on my show next week and, uh, um, you know, that we're, we're blowing this open even more and we're going to continue to blow this open because people need to need to, to know, they need to be aware of, uh, the SSB and uh, with, you know, the reality of what's been going on. People need to know this. Yeah,
4: I, I, yeah, we do have a little bit of more time. I'm sorry, I didn't want to make it like the, the final final. I just want everybody to get one more chance to say anything. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that you're bringing Penny on because it's good that different people interview all the different super soldiers because every, every host brings out something different. Every show brings out something different. And we're here to connect the dots and to resolve this problem for, for all of the and humanity, but for, for creation. Because this is this is a type of slavery is just horrendous and it needs to stop. So, okay, back to you, Kevin. What else did you, you want to say?
6: I just want to say it. I think it's um, a, a, absolutely, uh, in my opinion, a horrendous, exp- you know, reality that you cannot escape. Death. Like they just regenerate you and you're thrown right back into it. It's like you were you were a slave, a soul slave.
5: You are a soul slave. They own you. And they're not shy about telling you. And that's been one of one of the biggest things about coming back is I had that servant mode. And coming forward to expose them has been in opposition to all of my programming
0: yeah you know you've got to tell us about when you got shot at what that was all about you said twice you know I was left hanging how come you got shot uh, what was that all about
5: I've been shot ten times in two years with three different types of energy weapons um the first one, we were in Virginia City, Nevada, and it's it's on top of a dumb, a deep underground base. Um, and we walked into a local watering hole and had ordered bottled water and hadn't even gotten a chance to open the bottle and drink it whenever i got i got shot and it that was with a dew which is tall tall white tech and those things it feels like you're being hit with a log except that it burns and there's no marks and my partner, Lou, also got hit at that point. And, um, you know, we're not young people. This was a major hit. And then I got hit again two weeks later at home. And three weeks later, I got, I got glanced with one of the ones that caused internal bleeding And I had trouble with my right kidney because of that. And then there were lasers fired from a ship in in orbit in November twice, no, it's three times in two days. And then in January, 2017, And I got it with, oh, they had put a maser device into my wall and they were firing it through the smart meter and getting me in the back. And
4: we we put a barrier. We have three minutes. I'm sorry. I have to, I have to. And I want to mention something too. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, James.
1: Yeah, so I got this uh, this strange um, message. Uh, it was actually a recording over the phone. Somebody sent it. Somebody else got it, and they sent it to me. It's uh, it's a, and I have the video online if you want to watch it. But it's called. It says, "Thank you, James Rink, for all that you do to enlighten humanity. Thank you, James Rink, for all the effort you have put forth during this arduous arduous time of ascension. Thank you, James Rink, for all that." you do on behalf of all beings, especially those of us that have no voice. The reptilian rebellion of light and science. So, apparently we are making a difference. Even though we don't feel like it, there are beings out there who are appreciating the work we do. And again, who just, please just, huh? Who just sent that? Uh, the reptilian rebellion of light and science.
6: Oh, wow. Tell them I said
1: hi. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure they heard you. So, hello everybody out there. Uh, so, yeah, and be sure to visit SuperSoldierTalk.com and um, to see, to see some of this content as well as visit NeologicalTech.com to support the work that I do.
6: So, um, yeah. Nice. Okay.
4: Joel, final words. You still there? Did we lose, Joel? Yeah. No,
2: I'm here. Yeah.
4: Okay. okay. Yeah, got uh, to, My like final, a Go final ahead, words.
2: Final words today is just um, keep trucking on, keep keep educating everyone else that you can think of. Always make Facebook updates, make make posts, YouTube videos, uh, just keep spreading the truth, just talk. Be who you are. If you have experiences, don't be shy to share it because there will be people that will listen and will do their own searches online and they will discover the truth, and that's how the positive rebellion will start. Thank you. That's
4: wonderful. Good job. Good job. So everybody's coming to the Stargate to the Cosmos Expo. We're going to talk in a future show about what you're going to present a little bit and get your PowerPoints together for us all. Everybody, please go over to Stargate Cosmos.org and get your tickets. Um, purchase the workshop tickets because that really helps all of us get there and pay for our, our rooms and our <laughs> transportation. Uh, we're bringing this conference to you, for you, and by you so that we can create this new disclosure which involves the grassroots movements of all humanity because we are, hashtag, we are disclosure. Much love and blessings and aloha.
3: And you may hear this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of this program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not be held liable for any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps.
7: for tuning in to Revolution Radio. Here at Revolution Radio, we are listener-sponsored and commercial-free. But there still are bills to pay. In order to raise some needed funds to cover the cost, our station is offering a silver special. In the continental United States for a $60 donation, or in Alaska, Hawaii, or Canada for a $70 donation, we will send you an uncirculated 2018 1-ounce pure silver eagle. The $70 donation, uh, the extra 10 is to cover shipping, by the way, outside of the continental United States. When making the donation, you must put Silver Eagle promo in the notes on the donation. And thank you for tuning in to Revolution Radio at revolution.radio and freedomslips.com. Without you, there is no less. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps.